you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. you heard the matchup is set for Super Bowl 58 Las Vegas it's Brock Purdy Christian McCaffrey and the San Francisco 49ers taking on Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday February 11th on CBS welcome inside good morning football presented by Old Trafford Beef Jerky live in New York City it's the Monday after championship weekend I'm Jamie Erdahl there's Kyle Brandt Peter Schrager and Jason McCourty, Jason, who was up in the radio booth in Baltimore yesterday. Jason, take us inside. Oh, it was an awesome experience being down on the field with my guy Shregs mm-hmm. and pregame. Just getting yeah. the feel, the atmosphere, and everything that was going on on the call with my brother, Iron Eagle. Ross Tucker was down on the sideline, and the Chiefs, you, you can't beat them. They mm. came out 14 points, the first two drives, unbelievable. Um, they took the out of the building, didn't they, Peter? Yeah, they sure did. We'll talk about it. But, gosh, it, it, for all the buildup for that game and everyone saying, well, how would the Chiefs even keep close with the Ravens? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. That's Patrick Mahomes, that's what he did. Yeah. Steve Spagnuolo. Yep. Can we yes. eliminate that the, that stupid philosophy about the logo and the colors? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. There's purple yes. and the Ravens are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. Next red. theory. Next year theory. Of red, all right? Nice. All right. Time for the lead block. All right, let's go. Yeah. NFC title game. Mm-hmm. NFC title game. All right, this one came second. We're going to the Bay Area. Lions and 49ers. The Niners have played in their third straight now. They lost the previous two. Brock Purdy's there. Dan Campbell's there, fired up. This is about a 17-point lead that the Lions have that went poof, and they never really recovered. Brock Purdy, you're going to the Super Bowl. Have a moment, Brock. 
The Niners are going back, and you know who's going to be waiting for them. Same team as when they were there last time. Guys, the Niners won the NFC. Let's hear from them after the win that sends them back to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. What did you tell your team that they came out in the second half and looked like the team that we expect them to look like in the first half? Hey, we just needed the opportunities. We played as bad of a first half as we could, but we were still within 17. There's plenty of points there you can make up. We had to score on the first drive. We got a field goal, not a touchdown, which hurt. But then our guys got those turnovers, man. Kept it rolling, and D shut him out there in the second half, and this dude right next to me made it happen. They were yelling, Purdy, Purdy. They love you, as they should. You just led one of the biggest comebacks the NFC Championship game history. What was the key to the amazing comeback? Man, first of all, glory to God. He's given us this opportunity, man, and, and for us, it's a team sport. You know, we knew we had a half left. Defense did their job. The boys on offense took care of business. Coach called a great game, and, and we had the faithful behind us the whole way, so we love you guys. Well, Brock Purdy said it. It's a team sport, and you didn't hear a single teammate of his have anything adverse to say about their quarterback when they were down 17 nothing, and then he brings them back. Brock Purdy does massive comeback for the Niners to earn their trip to Super Bowl 58. Peter, it must have been electric after having been in the stadium in Baltimore. Yeah, look, there's two ways you can look at this thing. You can look at this thing as one of the most epic sports collapses we've seen since 28 to three, mm. which which was what that was from the Lions, an all-time mm -hmm. giveaway of a game where there were so many opportunities to put that game away or you can look at it as one of the most awesome comebacks i'm gonna go with the latter for this segment we'll hit the other part later in the show but i would say this 49ers coming back from that thing it is as if every single guy they needed to step up in those big moments did you look at purdy there was all this talk of game manager game manager purdy was awesome in the second half making all the plays he had to make the passes the composure the big run on third down sure i thought Kittle was awesome. I thought Fred Warner was running a 4-4 out there in the fourth quarter, just sideline to sideline. Debo, big plays. Everyone, big plays. And there's history here. Here is the Niners showing that when they're down, they're not out. If you know the history, the knock is the Niners have typically been the team to give leads away in these big games. You go back into recent years, where do you want to start? Which game? How about the Rams NFC Championship game a couple years ago? Up 10 on the road to beat their arch rivals. Mm. And the Rams come all the way back at big interception. And then it's Stafford just cutting up the Niners defense on a drive that would send the Rams to the Super Bowl. That's a heartbreak. You're up 10 in the fourth quarter on your arch rivals in the NFC Championship game. Jimmy! And you lose this game. And Garoppolo, of course, threw the heartbreaking pick on this one. All right, how about two years before that? You're in the Super Bowl, and you're up 10 points. And you know what happens here. Jimmy, again, cannot get the job done. The big pass to Emmanuel Sanders was just a bit long, and then Kelsey scores this touchdown, spikes it, runs to the end zone. The, the Chiefs would end up winning by 11 points in this game after being down 10 in the fourth quarter. Now it's the Niners can rewrite history and say, no, no, we came back from one of these things. We came back from one of these deficits. Mm -hmm. We were the ones to actually turn the, the page and able to rewrite our story. So it's not all the same guys. I think there's nine players from that Super Bowl team that are still on the 49ers. But the core, that heart, those guys are back. But there is one player I want to shout out before, before we move on. To Trent Williams going to his first Super Bowl. Mm. Trent Williams mm. making a big plays left and right. He was all over the place. And I thought this was cool for big Trent to finally get it. The best of his generation at this position. You see a guy last night, they're down 17. He's probably thinking, I'm not going. I'm not going to get a chance. 
Trent Williams does get to go to the Super Bowl, and I think that's going to be a storyline all the next two weeks. Yeah, you talk about just an epic comeback by this 49ers team, and I think about what it had to be like in the locker room for them at halftime. You go into this game, and they're a team that they beat up on teams, and you look at it, and you're down 17, and the conversations that ensue. Obviously, the offense, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, they have to go out there and make plays, but also on the defensive side of the ball, it's like, all right, we've already given up too much. We can't allow anything in the second half, and that's what they did. The defense went out there, and yes, it wasn't their best game when you look at the scoreboard and you've given up 31 points, especially the way they started the game. But in order to make a comeback, in order for Brock Purdy to have a chance to make third down scrambles and get the ball, McCaffrey breaking tackles and doing all those things, the defense has to step up in the second half and completely shut out the Lions. And that's what they did until there was 56 seconds left in this game where the Lions scored that last touchdown to cut the lead to three. You see the difference in the two halves for them. You go out there and you give up 24 points in the first half, but you hold them to seven. And it was it was punts. It was turnover on downs. It was opportunities that shifted the momentum in the second half for the 49ers. So I was impressed, not by the way they played overall defense, but you go in there at halftime and you come back and everybody's yelling and screaming you're doing all those things. Now you have to go out there on the field and actually execute. And they did that with a huge turnover by Deshaun Gibson, giving them a chance to tie the game up. They're so classy and they're so good and they're so great and they were the better team and they won and they got to the Super Bowl again and they totally deserve it. I think to your point, I was reading Peter King this morning. He was talking to Brock Purdy last night. There was no screaming at halftime, like zero. There was no like expletive laden rant. There was no kicking Gatorade cruise. They kind of just ate and drank and like, all right, so what should we do? Like there's yeah. so much been there on the Niners. They don't mm-hmm. rattle at all. I have to talk about Detroit. Like I, I want to start the show with Detroit. I have a friend of mine who's born and raised in Michigan has really been a fun sounding board for months now on this Lions team. And his take last night was, couldn't we have just lost normally? Like, couldn't we have just, it's back and forth, and they kick a field goal at the end, and we lose 31 to 28. We get it. Did it have to be this collapse? Like, it's killing me. There are so many plays in this game that led to this. It wasn't one mess up. It wasn't Dan Campbell going for the fourth down instead of kicking. It was so many things. Josh Reynolds drop on fourth down. Josh Reynolds has made clutch plays all year. He has been a guy for them. And then another one on a third and ten to hit him right in the stomach was an easy catch. He dropped that one. Purdy overthrows Ayuk on the biggest play of the game. It hits the line in the bleeping face. (laughs) If he intercepts that, it's a totally different game. Jameer Gibbs is not a fumbler. Like, there are fumblers and there are non-fumblers. He is the non-fumbler. Fumbles in a huge moment of the game. Brock Purdy all of a sudden turned into Michael Vick when he scrambled. I don't know what happened. Like, he was running a 4-2-40. It was incredible. And then a really little thing, the Lions punter, Jack Fox, I think had the greatest punt in NFL history. It was 80 yards, landed on the one, bounced perfectly vertical, and it goes into the end zone. I don't know. It was like the best punt I've ever seen, and they just couldn't make it happen. Campbell got caught up in himself, sure, but like there were so many different plays that if you don't make one of those bad plays or you make one of the good ones, I think the Lions could still win. They had six different times to not blow the game, and they went 0 for 6. It was really a collapse. Like I don't see it as 28 to 3. I know this comparison is there because Shanahan was there and everything. I don't see this 28 to 3, but it sucked. I mean, it's, you can't be up that well and play that well in the first half and not win by at least a field goal. It sucked. It was a big collapse, and Lions fans should be frustrated this morning. That was that was rough. It is not often that you phrase the sentence that way as it comes to a really good football team, which is like they had six opportunities to not blow a football game. Like they had the lead, they had played themselves, they had won games into this position in the NFC title game. And that was painful to watch for the Lions. It was a joyous event to 
watch the San Francisco 49ers. How about the fact that Debo Samuel, in his return from injury, like we were talking hairline fracture for him. We were talking what kind of limitations, snap count, anything. He was awesome. He mm -hmm. led all pass catchers for the 49ers with 89 yards. Like if he wasn't there as an option, just as a defensive threat for the Lions to have to deal with, I think that offense looks completely different for Kyle Shanahan. And Brock Purdy, I cannot think of more impactful first down accomplishments than the three that he ran for. Like, uh, forgive the ones where things are bouncing off helmets and whatnot, but Brock Purdy getting on his bicycle and just wheeling and dealing out of the pocket was like, what are you doing? Where, where are you going? Now you're changing ball carrier hands? Like, what is happening? Yet every time he did it, he was secure. It was within himself. It was athletic. It was smart. He stopped at the right time. He leaned his head forward. Uh -huh. It was it was fantastic, and it felt like the exact thing the 49ers need, needed in the second half. Specifically, they were taking advantage of the Lions defensively when they needed to. Hey, Garden man. variety question, Jay. Did the, did the, the Lions blow it or the Niners win it? Yeah, the Lions blew it. And I think the 49ers, they took advantage of it. Yeah. You can say that, but you have to go out there and execute and make those plays. And to your point, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, it took all game, and he makes the big one, and they put the game away. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Defensively, um, I know offensively we were excited for cool plays, bro, for the 49ers mm -hmm. this week. Yeah. But defensively, Peter, like the effort from the 49ers, yeah. they just to put the clamps down. Like like Jason said, they stopped them. And I think, you know, when you when you lose guys in the offseason, like, you know, over the last few years, like Jaquaski Tart and Jimmy Ward and all these guys who have just been there. And then you see Tayshawn Gibson, who's been in the league yeah. forever. And the liners are like, we'll find a spot for you. And he makes the big interception. And you're like, Okay, that's what it is. Guys, step up. I'm looking at that locker room video afterwards. You've got Chase Young celebrating a trip to the Super Bowl. You've got Sebastian Joseph Day now currently on the 49ers. These are guys we've known in the league forever. They collected a bunch of different pieces, and they didn't have their best first half, but second half, they put the clamps on them. What was it like in that stadium in Baltimore, Peter? I mean, they, was it was tough? It was, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, the balloon. It was brutal. It was hot in here, and they played under smoke, and Ray oh, Lewis was there. I think, I think they introduced another Raven just now. Is that right? Yeah, I think now at 7 a.m. they just had another ex-Raven <laughs> on the field. Oh, That's not man. enough. They brought out all the bells and whistles. It wasn't mm. enough. It wasn't working. The current Chiefs were there, too. They I think good. they were. Yeah, I know, right? Did <laughs> they know? The uh, half, they yeah. Were. Tom Pelissero, good morning to you. All the while that these games were going on on Championship Sunday, uh, coaching news and tweets and whatnot are emerging. So what solidified what was reported over the weekend in terms of the coaching cycle? that we need to know about. Jamie, we got two head coaching vacancies left, one in Seattle and one with the Washington Commanders. And Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, as well as Ravens defense coordinator Mike McDonald, are central figures in each one of those searches. So here's what we've got left. And granted, some of these things are tentative because those guys' seasons just ended yesterday. The Seahawks are scheduled to interview Ben Johnson later today in Detroit. Then they are set to interview Mike McDonald on Tuesday morning with the Ravens. For the Commanders, they've got Ravens associate head coach and defensive line coach Anthony Weaver this afternoon, Mike McDonald tonight, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn on Tuesday morning. They have later in the day Ben Johnson in Detroit where they're also scheduled to interview defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. That might be it for head coaching interviews in this cycle. All those guys are now eligible to be hired immediately here, so a good chance that these searches are wrapped up by the end of the week, perhaps even in the next 48 hours here. In other news, the Eagles have a new offensive coordinator. It is Kellen Moore, the longtime play caller for the Dallas Cowboys, most recently with the L.A. Chargers. Moore, still just 35 years old, a rising coach, takes on his biggest task yet, trying to get that Eagles offense headed in the right direction, and Jalen Hurts back to MVP form. Jamie? 
Tom, I would assume that was a highly coveted spot within the NFL coaching search, offensive coordinator of an Eagles offense with the talent that they have. So good luck to Kellen Moore in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Tom, we'll talk to you in a little bit. Draft coverage is upon us. Who goes where? NFL Network will be your home for the 2024 NFL Draft. Plus, catch the East-West Shrine Bowl Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's coming up. These are all guys you want to keep an eye on ahead of late April. It's the Reese's Senior Bowl Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern. And coverage of the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine presented by Noble. Yes, we're back to Noble. I like Noble. Monday, February 26th. Love Noble. I wear their stuff. Still to come on Good Morning Football. Mac Jones, the face of Noble. No joke. Yeah. Interesting. Still so much to unpack from Championship Sunday. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Hey. They did it. They're incredible. We'll have all the highlights from the AFC title game right after this. Kelsey, any good? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. championship let's head to baltimore and see how things shook out there's chiefs ravens that's lamar jackson he's trying to get to his first super bowl that is patrick mahomes been there done that fourth super bowl appearance in the last five seasons by these kansas city chiefs an unbelievable effort on the road in baltimore and the chiefs win 17 to 10 
Here's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey during the trophy ceremony. What's it feel like, guys? I knew going on the road we were going to be okay. We got a lot of dogs in that locker room. And those guys came to play today, defense, offense, special teams. And we, we came back, and like Clark said, we were going to win this trophy with Norma's Hunt name on our jersey. We promise you that. So we went out and got that thing. Congratulations, man. Let me bring in Travis. Bring in the big guy. Who had an amazing game. <laughs> you became today, during this win, you became the all-time postseason leader in receptions in the playoffs. You moved past Jerry Rice. I know it was all about the win, but this was legendary stuff that happened out here today. Shout out to Jerry Rice, baby. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs, and believe it, you got to fight for your right to party! Believe it, baby. We're going to Las Vegas, Nevada, to go get us another one. Nothing more can be said. Wow. You can't when you go with the Beastie Boys. The Chiefs hold off the Ravens in Baltimore, and they now advance to their fourth Super Bowl in five seasons again. That was Patrick Mahomes' uh, sixth AFC title game trip. Mm. Ridiculous. Peter, takeaways from that game being there. Congrats to all of those Chiefs uh, fans, mm -hmm. players. Mm -hmm. Celebrity fans. Mm -hmm. She looked happy. Mm -hmm. She looked thrilled. For her. She's 1-0 in the AFC Championship game. Did you hang out with Taylor? I didn't see her. Uh, no. I didn't get that in. You invite. can't. She swarmed. I, I big time. <laughs> Traeger. Taylor would like to meet you. Are you the one who predicted a big season out of Dan Arnold last year? <laughs> That's a real deep cut for your GMFB watch. Yep. I have to set up the, what the scene was. Jason and I were both there, and it was... Unbelievable. So I got dropped off in an Uber from the train station about 10 blocks away. I decided I was going to take the walk. Taking the walk. The vibes in Baltimore were immaculate. I'm talking Ooh. like every single Ravens fan, like having the best day of They were life. a mood, Peter. They were a mood. <laughs> we're rocking. It is amazing. I walk into that stadium. I'm with Jason. We're hanging out a little bit. And then pregame, you've got, it starts off with Michael Phelps, the greatest swimmer of all time, decked out in 20 medals, coming out with his son in a Lamar jersey, and they honor him as a Baltimore guy. You got all those medals? He's wearing all the beats. He's wearing every single medal. <laughs> then you've got, you've got Ed Reed coming out, as cool yeah. as could be. Yep. Then you've got Ray Lewis. He does the dance, Ding, the whole thing. Ding. They announce Ogden. <laughs> Suggs comes out. Yep. The place is electric. It's, it's sizzling in there. Yeah. And what do the Chiefs do? Fourth and two. We're going to go for it. And uh -huh. the place is like, okay, everyone get up here. Defense, fourth and two. <laughs> and Mahomes is like, is so and good. You feel the balloon just... Third and one. <laughs> and it's Kelsey. Third and four. This is all in the first half, guys. Just everyone on your feet. Everyone on your feet. Ravens defense, get loud. Somebody uh, walk out with Brian Billick or something. Give me anybody. Is Chris McAllister around? Uh, Brandon Stokely, third do the dance. Third and five. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You just feel the balloon just getting sucked out as every single time they got the first down, they got the conversion, and Kelsey was open. I've never seen a stadium go from that atmosphere to just lifeless. And it's nothing against the Ravens fans. Mahomes does this to you. Every single time you think you're going to be able to stop him, he just breaks your heart. And you start looking at the refs, and you start looking at, at, at the, the thing. It's not. It's Mahomes. It's Kelsey. They find a way. Kelsey's numbers, 11 catches on 11 targets. Are we serious? <laughs> 11 catches on 11 targets, and everyone knows he's the guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I said it last week. Rudy Tomjanovich had the famous quote, don't ever 
ever underestimate the heart of a champion. These Chiefs were underdogs again. That thing got to like a five-point favorite that the Ravens were before kickoff. Don't ever, ever underestimate the heart of a champion. The Ravens, you played well. It was a good season. You ran into Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed. It's what happens. And oh, yeah, Spagnuolo's yeah. not so bad himself. Mm. What a trip! What a trip for you, Peter. It was. It was. I feel like you're a changed person. After <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've seen things you can't unsee can't anymore, unsee. Peter. <laughs> to Shrink's point, it was just such an incredible atmosphere that turned so fast. That's it. Feel ya. Let's get Stop. out of that. Listen, <laughs> that's an amazing. How did I follow that? Really, really good Ravens team, right? Like just yes. awesome, yes. awesome special team. Home, Ray Lewis, Nelly, the Saint Lunatics, and, and the Chiefs were like, "Bink, get out of our way." It, it, I can't believe what they did to them. That was not a good game. Like, the, the yeah. NFC title game was back and forth. There was a comeback. The AFC game was not a good game from start to finish. And I think it is a Kelsey thing. And I think it is that touchdown over Kyle Hamilton was like, guess this is how it's going to be. This was like, remember when Matumbo used to wag his finger at everybody? And at one point, Jordan said, all right, enough of this BS. I'm going to dunk the ever-living crap out of him and stop that. It felt like a real statement thing, especially the Kelsey, especially the Hamilton. It's the best game Kelsey's ever played. I mean, you could find statistically bigger games, maybe bigger catches. I felt like he was the best player in the field, and I've been sitting here saying there's been long stretches of the season where Kelsey has sort of disappeared statistically. I was so impressed. I have so much respect. And frankly, it's been a crazy year for him, and I don't care how he's wired and how he's insulated. It, it must have been a challenging year with what he has going on off the field. As famous and successful as he is, that is a massive change to your life, to your personal life, to your public life. Like, that's a lot to deal with for anybody. And the fact that he showed up in the biggest game of the year and was the best player on the field at his age, I was so impressed and so almost inspired to be that good in that kind of stage. Kelsey, unbelievable. And I think the tone-setting play of the touchdown early and the yeah. spike... Kelsey was not doing that like dance thing and everything. Like he was playing pissed. Yeah. He played like he oh. had the black hat on. He was angry. Showed up in all black spikes. to the game. You know what I'm saying? Like there was an edge to Kelsey that it was it was all business. And I'm here to crack skulls. And he did. They just flicked the the Ravens. I can't believe that happened. But I should. I, I should at this. Point. There was an edge to him. It was almost like he got the Ravens playing out of character with all the trash talking going on. He walked right. all the way up to the line, but never crossed it. Didn't have any penalties. But it was the Ravens with the personal fouls and. Everything you guys are saying was unbelievable and it was true and they had got off to a fast start offensively. But in Spags, we trust oh. that defense on yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. That. They played so well and that's Eric Reed donning the shirt in Spags, we trust because of how well they played and how hard it was for the Baltimore Ravens offense to do anything. Now we saw some remarkable plays from Lamar Jackson. We saw plays from Zay Flowers, but those came so few and far between. From a playing and play out standpoint, Every time Lamar got the ball, it was never out of his hands quickly. It was never a quick process and get the ball out and know exactly where I'm going to go with it. They made things so difficult. The running backs for the Ravens had six carries between both of them, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Lamar had eight carries himself. They couldn't run the ball. They decided not to run the ball. They dropped back and threw it so many times and they just couldn't get anything going. He decided to blitz Lamar. He hit home with it. Spagnola was on his job yesterday. Today, and he did such a good job, not only preparing these guys, but going out there and actually executing once the plan was in place. I was so impressed throughout that entire game. This was the number four scoring offense in the NFL for the Baltimore Ravens. They had 10 points, 10.7 throughout most of the contest, and that seven points came on a crazy play from Lamar Jackson to Zay Flowers. You take those big plays away, the Ravens offense did absolutely nothing. Buffalo ran for 182 yards against the Chiefs last weekend, and yet the Ravens couldn't. They look confused. They look out of sorts they couldn't get their play calls right it 
But they were at home. This is the kind of thing that happens at Arrowhead, not when mm. you're at home. This never should have transpired this way for Todd Munkin, the way that the offense has been playing. But that's what the Chiefs did. They got in there. They got under the skin. But let's let's hit on Spagnuolo again. I know, Peter, All you right. guys are close. You're, <laughs> he came in. There was like They told the story, CBS did, about how he had been in Baltimore and he gave all this credit to Harbaugh and his time together. Yet he kind of walked in there, similar to every other Chief, like with a bit of a swagger, I feel like, on his shoulder, the way he wanted to call that defensively. I think Harbs gave him a lot of love this week, which was interesting. Harbaugh came out on like Thursday and was like, I think it's absolutely yep. insane that Steve Spagnuolo has not gotten a head coaching interview. And he hasn't. He hasn't even mentioned. In our show, we go to Tom and Ian, it's not even like we even mention it. And it's just like under-assumed. Like, all right, well, he's already been a head coach. He'll never be a coach. The game plan that he employed is he just absolutely silenced that Ravens offense, which was sizzling. Ravens running backs had five carries yesterday. Mm. Mm-hmm. The entire game. Five carries. They didn't do that because they didn't want to run the ball. They did it because Spagnuolo's defensive scheme forced them into that situation. Uh, you're the defensive guy, not me. I, did you ever see them scoring se- seven points? They got ten. They got the field goal. But, like, do you ever see the Ravens being held to ten in the NFC Ch- AFC Championship? No. Well, going into the game, you just mentioned the way the Bills ran the ball. But in addition to that, Josh Allen ran for 72 yards as well. So you're going into this game, you're like, between their running game and Lamar Jackson, their ability to probably exploit and do those different things was going to be very hard on this Chiefs defense. You go into this game, you had the number one scoring defense in the Ravens and the number two scoring defense in the Chiefs. The Chiefs were the best defense defense on the field yesterday, and that's why they won that game. It felt like every time Lamar dropped back, it was never on schedule. It was always like, ah, ah, you know what I mean? It was never yep. smooth. Yep. Radio host I really like, Steve Zabin, tweeted before the game the, the Bart Simpson thing where he's writing sentences on the chalkboard, mm-hmm. and it was, I will not promote narratives on Lamar Jackson if he loses today. I will not promote, I mean, listen, that's, that was the wrong day to tweet that can, one. There's a lot of Can I just say real quick, yeah. the, uh, the Chiefs, they were super chirpy. Like I was in the little sure. the underground, the bowels before they went to the locker room, and like this was not just like, oh, we respect them. Like I think they heard the Ravens talk, and I think they heard the media. Mm-hmm. Roquan Smith had a lot to say, and we yeah. celebrated yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donovan Smith after the game went Instagram live and basically said, "We we heard you, Roquan, all week," mm-hmm. and he did it with a lot different language than I just said. Oh really? Uh, oh yeah. Obligatory pop culture pull. That's essentially the outfit that Travis Kelsey pulled up to the stadium in with the with the beanie. There's a there's a big Taylor Swift album release teaser that's going on with that, okay. like dressing mm. in the all-back. It's called Reputation, okay. Taylor's verse mm. and Peter. Pr- protect your reputation. Okay. And the Chiefs Vegas. did just that. Peter, let's see her. George Kittle oh, is headed back to the do. Super Bowl. Yeah. And this time, he's dressing for revenge. We've got more sights, sounds, and Championship Sunday next. Taylor just texted me. Are you coming? I said, ah. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. 
He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days, like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad-spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. The NFC title game was really dramatic, really entertaining. Taylor to have Shanahan going back to the Super Bowl. Purdy, last pick in the draft like 20 minutes ago, going to the Super Bowl to play against a guy he watched growing up in Mahomes. Imagine being so young you watch Mahomes growing up. Like, Mahomes is young. Yeah. 34-31, 49ers. Really, really fun game. But here, let's go to the dark side of it. Good morning, Detroit. Dan Campbell, after losing the NFC title game. Go ahead, Coach. It's hard when you lose that way. Um... It's hard, you know, you feel like you get your heart ripped out. You wish you could keep it all together, but that's not the reality. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum. I don't regret those decisions. I told those guys, this may have been our only shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. Mm. Mm, the Lions storybook season, and it was an epic one, came to a historic end. And for Lions fans, it came in the worst way possible. They had a 17-point lead going into the half. The 49ers negated it, erased it. They scored 27 straight in the mm. second half alone, dashing the dreams of the Lions going to the Super Bowl. Takeaways from this game. Biggest deficit, biggest comeback NFC Championship history. And it looked like for the Lions, you get that lead, start, stuff starts going wrong in the second half, and the moment just felt too big. You're watching guys drop passes. You just said it. Jameer Gibbs, not a fumbler. He coughs the ball up. I go back to the fourth down decisions for Dan Campbell. And you can break this down whichever way you want. Obviously, yeah. hindsight, it's easy to say, all right, he should have kicked the field goals. But you know what? He should have kicked the field goals. All the analytics and everything in the game, analytics say go for it on fourth down. Why? Take the points. They're up 14. He has a chance to go back up 17 points. They decide not to kick the field goal. All right, Josh Reynolds, should he have called that ball? Yes. 
But at the same time, those are points on the board. And for a 49ers team, when you're trying to mount a comeback, the biggest thing is you cannot allow any scores. So every time the Lions put points on the board, it makes it that much harder for them to be able to come back. And then later on, fourth down again, a chance to tie the ball game. They don't go for the field goal, and they attempt to go for it on fourth down again. So I know this is the way that this team has played all year, and it's gotten them to that point on the doorsteps of a Super Bowl. But you're there now. It's gotten you there now. So to me, make those right calls and put your team in position to win. I do look at those fourth down calls. I think Dan Campbell should have kicked, should have put the points on the board, and I think that changes the game. I feel it. I felt that for Dan Campbell when he's like, this could be the last time. Like, this could be it. Because that group of men will never be the same. Like, there's going to be players mm-hmm. that leave. There's going to be coaches that leave. Mm-hmm. There's going to be transitions. And you got right there. You're up 17. Fox did an mm-hmm. amazing job. The director, Rich Russo, shot in. After the 17-point comeback, no words from Olsen. No words from Burkhart. You just saw the, the Niners crowd. And it was just going nuts. And you're like, oh, this is over. Like, this Niners crowd is going to take it. I think doing that on the road, to your point, analytics have a place. Aggressive nature has a place, but the stuff that isn't in the algorithm, the stuff that isn't in the notebook are things like, well, it's the NFC Championship game. Well, this team has more experience than you guys do. Well, it's on the road. Well, the crowd is going absolutely bonkers and the momentum is out of control. We love our guy Kevin Clark, who now works for Omaha, was at the Ringer for years, Mm -hmm. Wall Street Journal for that. He said this, he says, I'm good with Dan Campbell. You shouldn't abandon your football philosophy when it gets scary. Mm. That's how you end up being Brandon Staley, who is, I guess, the alternate side where it's like, well, I go for it all the time, but in this moment, I'm not, and I don't. Mm. In this case, Dan Campbell was who he was all season long. We can crush him if we want. I'm just going to say this. I don't think the analytics and the binder and the guys up top and the Sloan, you know, conference at MIT, I don't think they take account for that crowd and for how loud it was in that building and how much momentum it was. They look at it in, in a silo maybe and saying, well, on fourth down and five, you do this. And it's better analytics if you do this. So I think with Jason's point, the analytics, we call it analytics. It could be anything. It could be probability. It could be what Mm -hmm. it is. There are certain factors that aren't in accounting when you do these kind of decisions. But that's who Campbell was all season long. At the end of the day, it's bang, bang, Niner gang. The Niners go on and the (laughs) Lions are going home. And you know what? Their coach rolled the dice all season. He rolled the dice in the NFC Championship game. You live and die with that. Mm Mm-hmm. There is, there is a Mahomes cut after the game that I thought kind of lends itself to the conversation of feeling the game and adapting to it. Here's Mahomes after the win uh, yesterday. Whenever they're rolling like that, I have to kind of manage my game. Um, that's stuff that I've learned throughout the season is even if we're not having the success that I want to have, the defense is rolling and getting stopped. So let's just take the, take the safe choice, get the ball out of my hand, don't turn the ball over, and let's go win a football game. I mean, that's really smart. He's saying, like, my defense is playing so well, I'm going to let that affect my play. Mm. Like, I may not take a risk. and We may punt. I may check down. Like, that's a, that's a guy who's been in so many big games. It's like, y- you feel the game as it goes. You don't just go with your philosophy. This is who I am as a quarterback. The Campbell thing, I really am tired of the, I think, way overly simplistic view of this is who he is as a coach. He's, this, he's done this all year. You don't change who you are. I think that's naive. I think it's meathead talk. I just don't like it. It's like, feel the game. Coaching is in the moment. It's not like in August we're going to decide that we will always do this and this is who we are. It's adapting. It's adapting. It's feeling crowd, defense, vibe. I look at my quarterback's eyes. You know, there's so many times that we've seen great coaches who are like, I'm leaving my quarterback out there. I can see that he has it. And maybe Campbell has that and maybe he doesn't. So I think especially on that last one when the second time they could have tied the game and they put out Badgley, it's a makeable field goal, and he still went for it and the play just didn't do anything. It had no shot. 
I don't subscribe to the this is who we are as a team blanket. No matter what, we will always do it. And listen, this is not the first time we've seen Campbell get caught up in it. That Dallas game when they got the penalty for the two-point and he said, I'm going for it anyway, I think that that was him emotionally getting over it rather mm -hmm. than doing the smart, practical thing. Like, who am I to tell Dan Campbell how to coach? He did an amazing year. I don't like that take that you just stick with who you are. Feel the game. Adapt in the game. The greats do it. Campbell will continue to do it. I don't think he did it yesterday. So you're saying you don't like a coach having the blanket approach. You're not saying that you don't like the take that people are offended that he has the blanket approach. I don't like the take. I don't like the philosophy. Both, I just yeah. I don't like the deciding as a as a as a program. You live and die. That's yeah. what he is. No, no, just coach. case by case yeah. basis. It, coach, minute to minute. It's like you're up three late in a basketball game. You always foul. It's like one of those. Like, no, you have to, like, see how the, you know, do you have timeouts left? Do you have not? Like, how does the flow of the game going? That quote from Patrick Mahomes is so interesting. I think it implies I think it implies real growth from a player that is a player. He's in his 20s, I believe, late 20s. And yet Dan Campbell is still saying there, he's still new to this. And, like, that's okay. Now he's on a massive stage being new to this. But you have a player who is now playing in his fourth and five-year Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes who has more growth and a feel of the game. I feel like that's an incredible juxtaposition between those two. But growth is the name of the game here. And you're looking at a Kyle Shanahan who's like standing across there where you felt like all game he was like this, no mm -hmm. matter what, down 17 nothing, And maybe Dan Campbell wasn't riding as much. But, like, man, if you didn't hear a single player not have Campbell's back after the game, I thought that was awesome. And, and, you know, mm -hmm. Where does Campbell come from? It comes from the Sean Payton world mm -hmm. where it was like, we're living and dying this way. We're going to sure. be the big mm -hmm. bad bullies and we're going to go for it. We're gonna do it. It's how he was raised in the coaching ranks. Parcells, Payton. Yeah. You Peyton go for it. kicked in the Super Bowl. Peyton onside kicked, and it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Peyton's the guy who's yeah. always going to be the one in the line. But not always, though. Yeah. It doesn't mean – I was taught this way, so this is what I do. I know. Yeah. You know? It's and I would compare it to the Andy Reid, the Bill Belichick, the multiple Super Bowl winning head coaches. So, yes, to Sean Payton's one Super Bowl. So, it's, it's, it's different. And I think, to your point, is it is coaching in every minute. And in the first half, he kicked the field goal on a fourth down where it was, are they going to go or are they not going to go? And it put him up 17. So, I think, to you guys' point, having those points on the board, taking the crowd out of it, all of those things factor in. And even for the Lions players in the second half, when you couldn't get anything really going, it's more points. It's momentum. It's like, all right, fellas, all right, defense, we got points. Now, you go out there, get us the ball back, we'll get more points. When you don't do that, it's just like, again, all right, we didn't get it on fourth down. Then they go down and score again, hey, and we don't get it. It's just game's to over. Defend, to defend the coaches for one second, it'd be nice if some of those Lions receivers started catching the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, I said the, the, the moment felt too big for the, as, as an entire team. The moment felt too big. We're going for on fourth down. We don't get it. We're dropping passes, third and ten. Laporta had one in his hands. Mm. It was just like moment after moment after moment. They just continued to give the game away. Get the, get the points when the clock is stopped. Just stop. Don't just hand the ball over at midfield. Kick the, you know, just take a beat for a second. And but that's we can't okay celebrate sometimes. him when he does it then. Like, we can't have it both no, ways. No, that, that, that is our job. That is what you do. When, when you gamble and you go for it on fourth down and you get it, everybody pats you on the back. Great call. When you we don't. You can't say, don't do that. That's what he does. Why not? So, Why not? Because that's what we're imploring Because you're to do, acting as if grow. you would have those answers and you would have those answers in the silo. And, like, mm -hmm. this is what he then knows. We don't, then we don't have a job. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what great coaches make, which is the ones that make the right decisions in certain opportunities? 100%. I hear what you're saying, we but that's our job. Sure, sure. I, I just say we can't say, well, don't do it there because then we go nuts when he gets in on fourth and seven mm -hmm. and they go for it and they get like, yeah, let's go. That's why we love him. Like, mm -hmm. can't say don't because if we say don't, it means then he's kicking those, he's punting, you. He's, you know, every single time. I would venture that it would be a lot less sickening and heartbreaking if he had gone for the kick and the kick was missed and they still didn't have those points. Like, it, <laughs> well, yeah. I think it would have been less sickening, honestly. Like, you went for it, you we get we get what you were trying to do. Then we'd be crushing bags, we'd be talking to the kicker. Well, he probably thought the first time we went for it. 
It worked perfectly. The receiver just dropped the pass. Yes. Like, it was right Agre there. It was Agreed. easy. So let's just go for it again. This time we won't drop the pass, but the second one didn't work out and at all. And the numbers probably back him up. They're, they're right down the middle. I saw it yeah, this week. It's, it's, it's it's like, no, but it, it's not this thing that backs him up. It's negligible. It's like it's right on the needle. You can go either way, if you, even if you go by the numbers. And he went for it. All right. And didn't because of that, it's 49ers in the Super Bowl playing the Chiefs. Super Bowl 58, Las Vegas. We'll do an early preview of the big game later on. We, we don't even have to call it the big game. We can call it the Super Bowl. Sure. I just, you know what? We're not some commercial for burritos. A good morning, San Diego. <laughs> Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super, I can say it as many times as we want. NFL. Super Bowl. Flex on them, Kyle. The big game. Come on down to the store and get some chips. You want to say it five times? The big game. Burritos can't. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.